Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to This Must Be The Gig. We are live from Chicago. It's not Saturday night. I'm your host, Leo Phillips. And each week we draw the curtains to unveil the inside outs, the guts of the music industry with experts in the know. This is your backstage pass to the world of live music, where we take you on stage and backstage exploring live music like never before. We'll have our favorite artists dishing on the gig that changed their life, costume designers on the theatrics of clothing, choreographers on the beautiful movement of bodies, and journalists dissecting all the most important live music news. And that's just the beginning. But today we bring to you, this must be the Gigacella. Does everybody like my puns? <laughs> uh, we are joined by esteemed guests today to chat about Coachella from Roast Cella to Bay Cella to Couch Cella, where we all probably were on the weekend. Um, so I'd like to excitedly welcome the brilliant Alex Young, founder and publisher of Consequence of Sound. Hello, Alex. How nice. are you? I'm good. How are you? Alex, tell me how your day was. Uh, post Coachella. So yes. It was a, a little slower than it was this weekend. I think everyone's hungover. Um, <laughs> But it was good. It was a good day. Good. And now the incredible Jill Hopkins. Hello. The host of The Morning Amp on Vocalo Radio in Chicago. Hi, Jill. Hey, Leor. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to finally meet you and be sitting yeah. across the way from you. This is nice. I love this. <laughs> Much better than over... Jill and I have been emailing it's frantically. True. And we have like a thousand of the same friends and have been like to a million of the same shows. <laughs> exactly. So finally, I have her here with us. And TMBTG's producer and engineer, Adam Kivel, 
aka I think I called you the gremlin last week. You did. Okay. I got I got a bunch of texts about that too. I am so sorry. It was, I... it was mostly gifts of Gizmo, so I was okay with it. Okay, yeah, you fine. You fine with okay. that? Okay. I mean, you do kind of no, you don't look like a gremlin. Um, thank you everyone for being here and letting me obviously dig into your brains. A lot happened this weekend at Coachella. From Walmart yodelers to Shania Twain, what she was basically she had hung out with Nicki Minaj, and then they all were in a photo together. Alex I, is looking I at me that strange. Part, I guess. Oh yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. see that. Nicki Minaj was like starstruck. Yeah, <laughs> for Shania hilarious. Twain, and Shania Twain looked super casual as well, which I was quite impressed by. And uh, also, Justin Bieber, apparently, I just read a few minutes ago, punched someone. Yes, in an act of uh, (laughs) heroism. Heroism. He also met the yodeling boy, which was cool. Oh my gosh. Okay, so those are like the weird highlights from the weekend, which is not so strange because... There certainly couldn't be another highlight we'd be talking about. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Justin Bieber punching someone, a yodeling walnut. Yeah, those... Okay, and thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's... So obviously the California shindig launched in 1999 and has grown into this behemoth. And it's kind of the C and B scene capital of festival season. Um, Let's do a quick word association. This is a weird one. Maybe not so weird. Okay, so give me one emoji... And two words when I say the word Coachella. Alex? Uh, describing this year? Yes. I would say. Oh, actually, no, no, no. You can describe, just say. Oh, I want to word do this year. Okay, fine, go. I would do a crown and then Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> I mean, perfect, perfect. And Jill? Uh, I was going to have the, the little bumblebee emoji. That's, oh, yeah. That's better. Yeah, it's the better. bumblebee. <laughs> uh, and then just like. I'm old. <laughs> I felt just, it in my bones watching it on television. Just, I am old. I, I mean, mean, I didn't used to be. Yeah. I've, I've been to it's several Coachellas. That... Yeah, this is, a, this is just a, an ever-present reminder of the fleeting quality of youth. <laughs> I mean... I'm just cold, you guys. I haven't seen the sun in like three weeks. Oh, yes. And to give you some perspective, we're all sitting in a really, really hot, steamy room because outside is snowing. So if everybody can just take a moment of prayer and go. Okay, fine, we're fine. Um, So let's dig in. Okay, so the first segment we're calling the what's what. The what's what. First, let's get a base level. We have some of the best tweets that our engineer producer Adam has pulled from the depths and crevices of the internet. And he's going to read them out loud now. Shania Twain is so dope in real life. Who was that? That was, that was Nicki Minaj's <laughs> caption to an Instagram post featuring herself, Shania, French Montana, The Weeknd, Quavo, and Timothy Chalamet. So that's that's a star-studded photo. How did this even, like... what were? <laughs> How did it even happen? Were, they were, you know, obviously celebrities, but, like, were they all there to watch the same artist? The VIP is a magical place. That's true. That is true. Jill, you are asking questions. So we don't have that. <laughs> no, but I think, okay, firstly, I feel like Timothy Chalamet, or Chalamet, I feel like he is everywhere. So him popping up in a selfie with everybody is not such a 
unbelievable thing, right? And he's in the like the back row of this selfie, and he looks mm. as excited to be there as any one of us would be. He's very sweaty. He's very <laughs> like grin, like the grin eats mm. up his whole face. I'm like, he seems like a nice kid. I'm happy for him. Absolutely. I mean, it was just that that mashup. Can you imagine Shania Twain? Featuring Nicki Minaj and Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Next tweet. Why do y'all like basic shit so much? Who was this? That was Moses Sumney. Oh, the, I love the, Moses Sumney. The Sumner. morning after performing. Oh, well, I love Moses Sumney, so shout out to Moses Sumney. Thank you for keeping it real. I, I don't have proof that this was in response to Coachella, but, I mean, circumstantially, I think <laughs> it would hold up in court. Two and two together, I think we can, yeah. we can say that. Next one. <laughs> Beyonce invented festivals. <laughs> that was that was Lily Allen. Oh, I thought that was just everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Lily Allen should. You know what? I think the world is ready for another Lily Allen. Oh yeah. Appearance at a oh, festival. Yeah. She's great. She's fantastic, and she also takes no shit, which is what we love about mm-hmm. Lily Allen. Uh, it's Next. it's hard texting and watching Beyonce at the same time. I can't find the right gifts fast enough. <laughs> Who's that? Lena Wait Wait. I don't know how to pronounce her last Lena name. Lena Wait Wait Wait. I got it pretty right the first yeah. time. Lena Wait. Trust yourself. Thank you. And uh, finally, Beyonce is going to end this set by proving collusion. That was <laughs> that was uh, Billy. I mean, I thought that too. So that's a very good tweet. But so, Jill, you mentioned earlier that you have been to a few Coachellas in the past. I have. Tell me a little bit, a little bit about your personal experiences, and do you have a standout year that you can divulge? Uh, the first uh, Coachella I went to was in two thousand three, uh, and it was kind of an accident. Uh, my roommate and I uh, were having some drinks with some friends, and one friend. I want to say had some more drinks uh, than, than we had and just kind of flippantly said, if you girls uh, can get yourselves out there, I'll pay for your tickets. So we went home and bought plane tickets. And then the next day saw our friend and we're like, pony up, dude. And he was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and you know what? God bless him. Uh, R.I.P. Reverend Bob. He uh, he ponied up. He, we got on a plane and we went to Coachella. We didn't really even know what it was about. 2003 mm. didn't have nearly the number of festivals as we have right now, like mm. weekend-long festivals. So we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into, which meant that we did not have a place to stay when we got oh out there. Oh, my gosh. And, did uh, you camp? What did no, you do? No, we did not camp. We uh, <laughs> The first two nights, we just kind of drove around. Like This is also <laughs> pre-smartphone times. Okay. Uh, so we drove around just like getting off at like every exit and hoping that there was a hotel and what we didn't know is that there was also some sort of nascar situation happening in the same part of the country so i mean I'm for five surprised. hours a night the first two nights we were just like crossing our fingers and we were like i guess we're gonna sleep in the car we it ended up working out and then on the third night we finally ran into bob our friend who paid for bob! us to get there. Bob! and bob had been looking for us the whole weekend but we had no way of getting a hold of one another and he and uh his friends were staying in a big old mansion in palm springs oh my and god bob w- yeah bob came through <laughs> in the clutch on the third night the first year was great the beastie boys headlined oh my gosh and they hadn't played that in a be... long time mm. it gets really windy in the desert uh, a lot of people don't realize Is that, that why i always see photos of people with terrible bandanas around their mouths yep 
Okay. It's, it's super windy. Okay. This particular year, they had a mix master. Mike was there. Was their live DJ, and the records kept flying off of the turntable. <laughs> oh so God. they had to start and stop songs a bunch of times. It was, it was, it was a really great show. <laughs> and then there was a few years off that I, you know, I was just, uh, I think poor is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I couldn't go, and then uh, got back into it uh, just in time to see Bjork. And DJ Shadow and Peaches oh and uh, take a lot of mystery drugs <laughs> and like hang out with the cast of the OC. And the, like, it was a very 2007 <laughs> time. Hey, wait, so you saw Bjork. Was it the first time that you saw Bjork? It was not the first time that I saw Bjork. Okay, good. Because but... I, I don't know what it would be like seeing Bjork for the first time with mystery drugs, desert and... It would have been... Overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. uh, she was uh, she was fine. It wasn't the best Bjork show. That I mean, I'd ever I can't seen. like that. Doesn't really di- like it doesn't translate to a massive festival scope. Her her performances are so intimate and so is her music. So I can't even imagine how that would have been. Well, she was a Pitchfork. Was it last year? Or the year before? And that I feel like is as large a uh, as large a venue as I think mm. is appropriate. 80,000 people is too many people to see Bjork with. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's actually that that's a good point. It's rather that you don't want to see it with a lot of, see her with a lot of people. Yeah. Not necessarily that her stage performance isn't good enough for a big festival. Yeah. I just don't want that many people to see me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't work out. I'm a big public crier. I don't know about you. Constantly, I know Alex is a big public crier. Mm-hmm. So is Adam. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> this is just a very cry-friendly room right now. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody needs to be comfortable with crying in public, especially at concerts. It's like the best point to cry because you don't know if you're sweating or crying, <laughs> so nobody ever knows. But you mentioned as well the which I want to bring up the cost of Coachella, which is mind blowing. Yeah. And obviously, there's a thing called inflation. We know that things go up and prices go up every year. But the fact that it's what the general admission, and you can correct me on this, is 400 and something. I don't actually have the proper price. Sounds about right. That sounds about right, yeah. I mean, that is a bit nuts, right? For three, okay, yes, you get three days in the desert. But 400 plus the ticket, plus the accommodation, setting you back at least over a grand. I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm, and that's, yeah, that's not even to, to you know, you got to feed yourself. You gotta, I mean, uh, yes. Uh, it's, there's just so many hidden fees. God forbid you need to check a bag or something. Oh, or gosh. Like that. No. Yeah. But and, they don't, they don't seem to run short of people that are willing to spend that money. No. No. And I get it. You're getting kind of a wholesome weekend of so many different types of bands and people that you know at the top tier at the middle bottom tier newbies so i get it you're getting kind of the entire scope of the music festival scene but i don't know why they can't just make it more affordable i mean how much do people get paid to play these things a lot a lot (laughs) well we know not to mention the production i mean how much Beyonce's Cardi B said she her production her was three hundred thousand dollars. That was, and she spent that. That's I, out of pocket. Yeah. I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed her set, but I don't know how she spent three hundred thousand dollars on that. So, if that are you, cost you saying three, that it wasn't worth? I don't think. I mean, it was. It was just. Uh, it was a bunch of. Uh, it was like a jungle gym of yeah. strip poles, and then like a big <laughs> video screen in the background. I read that she spent it mostly on like the lighting rig and, mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of thing. She. Uh, 
Yeah, but like that's still. Yeah. I also think it's not just the aesthetic of what you spend it on. I also think it's probably the people involved and working behind the scenes because we'll get to her, Beyonce. She must have had a thousand people working on that one performance. So I actually think that that's probably where most of the money went. (laughs) But they definitely don't get paid enough. (laughs) I mean, like Cardi B is, is pregnant. She didn't need to spend her own money, I don't she think. She shouldn't have. She shouldn't have spent her own money, and the reason but is... But they booked be- her before she was super famous. Exactly. But that didn't. That doesn't negate that she was still at a point last year when I'm sure that they booked her where she was on the cusp, and so they should just know better. And, so and what? Offer her more money in order to pay for the, the staging? Yes. I don't think that's why you would have a music festival than Lior. <laughs> oh, you, you, you okay, deserve so we, more money. So <laughs> I just want to get everybody paid. I mean, come on. And Alex, have you have you ever been to Coachella? I've been to Coachella, uh, not in person, but I've watched many hours on the webcast. Which is the same thing. It, it is the same. Sometimes. And I've written many of articles about Coachella and gotten in many of fights with people about Coachella, so... Pretty much been there. What is your standout number one top fight? Probably with the festival when they, they got mad at us because we were leaking their headliners for a few years. Oh, yes. <laughs> but we're good now. We're all simpatico. I don't know. For me, I feel like a festival on that scope, it feels totally a and You know, everything is shiny and new and it feels very glossy so I think that that's a type of festival that certainly appeals to a younger crowd. But I think that this year there was definitely a different uh, focus, which we will definitely get to. Um, and most most of the articles that came out prior to Coachella were about avoiding cultural cultural appropriation where possible when it comes to clothing attire. And there was it was kind of like. We've learned from what we've done in the past. You will get dragged on Twitter if you <laughs> continue to wear bindis and terrible headdresses. Um, and so I feel like people, I don't know if you guys agree, but I feel like people were a little bit more prepped to not be such arseholes. Yeah, there's usually a, a couple, two, three, like, roundups of those that, that, that <laughs> yeah. start It's trending. only Monday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> we're still we're doing like the film like... I'm, I'm sure if you go on Reddit sometime Wait, this week, you'll see a couple videos true. of... But Alex, Monday, in the world of music festivals that happen over the weekend, come on, that's like, we're already in 2025. I don't know. Time flies. So you're just saying be ready for some, I, I, some more asshole. Oh, I mean, oh, this is Alex Scoop, everybody. This is <laughs> well, we already know that Justin Bieber fought someone. Mm-hmm. Have we seen the video of that? Because please uh, tell me there's video. I hope wait, there's video. Is there of that. a video of that? Oh, no, Justin he... Bieber's the good guy. In this yeah, he fight. is the good guy. Oh. He's turned over a new leaf since getting back together with Selena. <laughs> is that true? I think so. Right? Isn't I mean, that the whole the the that's... weekend's out? I was actually thinking about that because the weekend had to go perform in front of Justin Bieber after he stole his girlfriend. So, But then I heard that The weekend's ex-girlfriend was there as well. A lot of Bella. drama. A lot of drama. <laughs> so much weekend drama. Lo- the, weekend, the only weekend I know is Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joel. We've gotten the what covered, but now let's talk about the who's who, where we look at the 
lineup and pick out the acts that really made us take notice. So what do you guys think about the push for hip-hop and R&B at the top of the lineup and a push down for rock? I think the first tweet, if I'm remembering correctly, that I saw in January when they announced the lineup was Louis from One Direction. He tweeted, just seen the Coachella lineup. Where the fuck are all the bands? It's a festival. Exclamation mark, question mark. You said the guy from One Direction said that. The guy from One (laughs) One Direction. I am quoting... Boy band One Direction. I'm quoting Louis. Lord Louis. You mean the one that nobody knows? (laughs) Basically. The guy who like had a solo record come out and he was like, yeah, I'm breaking my heart out for you. Let me show you what I look like. And everyone was like, what? We don't really mind. (laughs) Um, So... But the thing, okay, the reason why I appreciate that tweet is because he has a, he had a point, is that it was very hip hop and R and B loaded, and it wasn't that there weren't rock bands. Is it's that the they weren't. I mean, EDM is dead. We all know that. I feel like you'll probably get some tweets for that. Some tw- some that EDM is not yeah, dead. You, you might get some tweets for that. Alex is EDM dead. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> ye, ye hopefully is a great response. Um, so we have Vince Staples, who we love. Brockhampton, who apparently was unbelievable. We watched the live stream and it just looked incredible. Eminem performed last night. Cardi B yesterday twerking, pregnant. She killed it. French Montana, Migos, Georgia Smith, Kalila. What do you guys think about having, in 2018, a predominantly hip-hop and rap lineup? It's about fucking time. How many of these white-ass motherfucking festivals have I had to go to in my adult life? All. All of them. Every last one of them. Each and every one of them whiter than the next. And so I am uh, not counting Eminem, who, in case he's forgotten, is still a white man. Um, <laughs> I think he's forgotten, but now Eminem knows from Jill. I'm just, uh, you know what, people, this is what, this is what people are buying. This is what people are, are consuming. I mean, Beyonce is arguably the biggest artist in the world in the last 10 years and will continue to be for the next unforeseen future. The weekend and then, is... And then she'll be... Uh, president preceded by, <laughs> by blue ivy will take That's the mantle true. and Just pass that on but i mean this is what uh, remember back in the day when you'd go to a hip-hop show and it was the most boring shit in the world mm-hmm. it was two guys yelling at you for, and for an hour and a half jumping up and down yeah i think these 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 mcs and these djs and, and the r&b folks have really upped their live performance game uh to the point where five guys with guitars can't really even compete with that anymore. Totally agree. When you it's... can, when you have the luxury to move around, to dance, to incorporate dancers and all sorts of other visual elements into your, to your set and commentary as well. Yeah, like I've... dudes with gu- guitars are not going to tackle political landscape as a rapper would or a hip hop artist. You know, it, it's just it feels like the time needs that and. It doesn't mean that rock is dead. No, not at all. There were still so many indie rockers and our favorite people there. I think also it's a sign just of how many generations now have grown up completely literate in rap and hip hop as a a just like a leading art form. 
the you'll notice that all the reaction pieces that are being published today and, and even when the lineup was announced were you know old white dudes who just don't understand that, that it is absolutely that it is the draw for kids that's exactly what they grew up listening to and that's what they want sure yeah you look at the spotify charts and the top 10 artists are all hip-hop or r&b and then just consider the economics of putting together a festival i mean you could book um say arcade fire or coldplay or the killers for mm. the same amount of money you could book the weekend and the weekend's going to draw better so i mean it, it from an economic standpoint you can see why a lot of festivals are kind of uh deviating towards that hip-hop angle mm, mm. and why should it be an it shouldn't be a thing that a festival is going with the current trends it shouldn't be a shock that something like coachella which is one of the biggest festivals in the world it shouldn't be a shock that they're going with what the people have been asking for and these people that were playing the the rappers and the hip-hop they are the biggest stars as you said alex in terms of Spotify plays and just album sales, and they tour just as much as everybody else tours. You know, it's not like these guys are just a one-off on, you know, these big stages. I think the counter-argument that some old-school Coachella fans would say is that, well, Coachella used to always be about alternative music, and mm -hmm. we came to this festival to see Portishead and My Bloody Valentine and... and um, PJ Harvey and those acts aren't represented anymore. And so you can understand where they're coming from, but then Coachella is no longer the festival it was 15 years ago. It's now owned by AEG and they have, you know, shareholders and, and they have to make a sizable profit. So uh, mm. I think that's just the, the reality of the situation. And so if you want like a more alternative geared festival, you have to look elsewhere to more independent festivals like Riot Fest or um, Pitchfork to an extent. Do you think that the sheer number of festivals that just exist in 2018 kind of might have something to do with that? You can have really um, niche festivals that do really well. You can have an all-alternative rock festival. Mm -hmm. You can have an all-punk rock festival. And those can do well. And then you get these ones that have these out-of-control budgets. They can, you know, book all around the genre rainbow because people are going to go to Coachella anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think beyond just selling out, it's also like the the Coachella is a talking. You know, like they want it to be the conversation. And so that's why... You mean they want to be the voice they and the purveyor be, of what is Because there's cool value into being that the, everyone's talking about it on social media. Everyone's watching the, the webcast, not just the people who are attending, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're going to book those acts too that are more likely to spark a conversation on the internet so like cardi b is a more exciting and relevant artist right now than say um you know like the national who we love but like that's just the fact of the matter that you're that's a bigger kind of um topic of conversation beyond just the festival itself so um i think for coachella because they can sell out no matter what it's it's also about like getting people talking because as people keep talking about then other people want to go next year and it just becomes more and more of this up to go to event i think that it's very very important what you said joel earlier about the fact that it's like time and and i think that just answering that call i don't know if coachella has the right to feel like they are the ones who dictate what's cool i think the fact that they it's, it's 
just time-wise, they are at the beginning of the year. So naturally, people are going to go, oh, okay, this dictates the year. But I was really, really happy to see such a lack of diversity almost in the in genres that, you know, that it was predominantly hip-hop and rap. And, and as you said, Alex, that really answers to what's current and relevant right now. Which brings me to the first black female headliner... If it couldn't be me, I'm glad it's Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) She obviously called out the fact that she is the first black woman headliner, which we all knew. Uh, This is the first time in 19 years. It's embarrassing to even say, but it is the truth. And she said during her performance this weekend on Saturday night, ain't that about a bitch. Ain't that about a bitch. I mean, it's, it's, it's really... She offered a not only celebrating the fact that she was the first female black headliner, but she also offered a history lesson on black music and a brilliant kind of rebuke of whiteness, like Jill mentioned earlier. And how I think if I had to answer Coachella, it's just white. That's what I've always known it as. And that is completely far removed from my history and where I come from in South Africa. You would never go to a festival that just has white faces. It's the strangest concept. And everyone's right in saying that Coachella, that is what it's known for. And so this is a huge moment in history. It's kind of dumbfounding that it hasn't happened before. I mean, they tried to get Beyonce last year, so I guess it would have been just a year earlier. But 18 years. 18 <laughs> years instead. But like, think about all of the like nostalgia acts that come last at festivals like this uh i was there one year uh where roger waters was the sunday night headliner if you've got roger waters mm-hmm. why can't you have tina turner I or, think janet that, jackson. or janet jackson or, janet jackson, or rihanna yeah. or yeah. janelle monet or even mia at her peak paper planes mia would have been great on like a friday night mm. it just seems to me that it's to even not have had it seems like a conscious decision. Like you have to have had skirted around it to avoid Rihanna, to avoid Janet, to avoid uh, you know any number of of large names like that. Like the Fugees. The Fugees. Shaka Khan is headlining. Shaka Khan. Yeah. The fact I mean, that that I mean, and Lauren Hill this year, and you mentioned a bunch of others. According to Nielsen, 69.2% of festival goers are white. And there's a self-reported survey of Coachella. Okay, it's from 2013. But 4.9% of festival goers were black. So as you said, it must have been a conscious effort to not have those people that are at the top of their game musically uh, just because of the crowd that they might bring or the crowd that they might turn away. Um, I think that that's, that is incredibly problematic. I mean, it could just be a self, self-fulfilling prophecy whereby they perceived, you know, if 70% of our festival goers are white, oh, then they probably wouldn't like this kind of music, which is an entirely out of touch as evidenced by mm-hmm. this year. But, I mean, uh, you know, whether it's it's willfully malicious or just ignorant, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a toss-up and we'll never know. But either way, it's... Uh, it's about time. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of Coachella has always been about the reunion, you know, like Rage Against the Machine in 2007. 
Outcast, I think it was 2014, mm-hmm. LCD Sound System, Guns N' Roses. But it surely should mean that someone who has this kind of meaningful presence, you know, I think, well, let's talk about Prince. That I was, was there. I was there. I, was I did there. not get pregnant, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you see, and I mean, how was that for you to watch Prince live? That was 2008. Mm-hmm. How was that? Pretty undescribable. Honestly, maybe the best concert I've ever seen in my life. Only because I wasn't at Beyonce. But like <laughs> Prince was, and, and it, to put it in context, Portishead played on the same stage right before that. So the whole place was just like this sweaty, sexual, tension filled <laughs> uh, place. But Prince came out. He brought out, uh, you know, special guests are no, um, no uh, new thing to, to these festivals. So Prince mm. brought out. Um, Morris Day in the Time and Sheila E and uh, like did a Radiohead cover and played for far longer than he was technically allowed to because he, in his words, I think he said, "I'm rich, I can afford <laughs> to go over this." <laughs> I mean, that was an, an incredible thing. But even even that, like Prince getting ready to take the stage, we saw droves of people leaving to go see like flogging Molly or whatever across the park. So like everything's not for everyone, I suppose, but I which just, is, which is the point of it. So yeah. We, yeah, that's the point of it. It was, uh, it was, you asked how it felt to, to have your life changed by Bjork. Bjork wishes that she, <laughs> I, mean, there, I said that. <laughs> you said, she said that it's on record. We're recording it. Um, but I think, I think that that, that just shows you, you know, you have also, you had Prince, you have, had that weird hologram two-pack remember that was like 2012 so they they have actually been there has been a focus of headliners that we know will make the headlines so i think that that's an important thing to say as well is that beyonce was meant to play last year um so it's not like they were trying to avoid it but i would say this because i just thought of this uh uh before last year i mean lady gaga was the first woman headliner Mm, it's not like they were booking white women either you know Mm. they weren't booking uh any females to headline the Mm. festival and and i think the last one was bjork um in 2007 i could Mm -hmm. be wrong but i mean that 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 you know it's not just limit there's the whole uh, sex of people missing you know Mm. a gender so I, i think it's good that they're finally addressing it that said, they still booked Eminem, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't it weird that Eminem is the, like, nostalgia act? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, Eminem's not, I, I'll say this, I, okay. I've seen him live, he's awful live. He and... is terrible live, thank you. I don't, like, as, I think, Jill, you mentioned earlier how, like, the old, uh, you know, trope was about everybody just standing on stage and expecting their songs. Yeah. I, I feel like the weekend's performance, I don't know if any of you saw that, on Friday night, he just stood there kind of expecting everyone else to sing back his lyrics to him. There was there was this expectancy like, oh, I'm the headliner, you entertain me. You know, like, I don't got to do much. Yeah. Weekend hasn't been a lo- around long enough. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But th- that's exactly the point of, of all these people. Like, Eminem just doesn't... No, I saw him open, or it was that, that maybe like 10 years ago when he did those stadium shows with Jay-Z. Um, oh yeah it was and they like played a couple shows in new york and a couple shows in detroit and uh jay-z was just so out of m&m's i mean it was just blew him away 
And, it, and yeah, Jay-Z, Jay-Z also Jay-Z's brought out Kanye, so it was... Yeah. <laughs> I lost my favorite scarf at a Jay-Z concert in Belgium in 2008, was it? Anyway, that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. So that's exactly what you need to do. You have to be an artist and you have to perform. But that's a whole other topic. But let's go through some of the tiny fonts. And some of them were totally illegible this year, if you look at them. <laughs> That lineup card, they, they sure did not do anybody any favors below maybe the third line. They're not, they, but, they don't need legibility. So who, was anyone surprised by a teeny tiny font on the poster this year? I'm happy for bands mm-hmm. like the Bronx that I've seen in rooms with like a hundred other people uh, for other people to get to experience uh, what they're putting down. Uh, one of the big surprises was in big font, Jamiroquai, where have they been? <laughs> I was really excited yeah, I mean, about that. I love that band. I do too. <laughs> uh, Tank and the really Bang is, is 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 finally making like last summer and this summer are like the best, the best year ever for those two or mm. for that group. Those two, there's like eight of those people. <laughs> uh, so that that's great. You know, you go from tiny desk to di- giant festival. <laughs> uh, I know, I was really excited to see some of the ones, like even just on the, what is it, fourth line, obviously, Moses Samini, Perfume Genius, gosh, Black Coffee even was on the third line, Black Coffee is my my native South African, uh, there was like two South Africans on the ball, which is a big deal. Well, how about, isn't really a tiny font, but uh, Niall Rogers played like super early yeah. in the day, and oh, from what yeah. I heard, everyone was saying it was like, this incredible emotional set and he played that. it four in the afternoon <laughs> I gotta <laughs> say though, there. there's there's something to be said though for that like kind of sun-drenched festival feel that like the music of chic really <laughs> really goes well with Bleeds like, into yeah absolutely he, he also explained that at a previous show, someone had had thought they were just a cover band, so that was like oh so that oh, was no. so what saying is this world? saying that is a really nice way to surreptitiously explain to people who didn't know who they were that they actually wrote all these songs, and it's uh you know to explain his genius without having to say, "Hey, I'm a genius." Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the guy from the Daft Punk. Yeah. Punk. <laughs> <laughs> no. Daft Punk was so nice finding that man. <laughs> <laughs> the Kanye Paul McCartney syndrome. And uh, he... Shout out to local faves, Knox yes. Fortune and No Name. Mm-hmm. That's no awesome. Name, love. But no Name was awesome. I thought the funny one was how X Japan, that those glam rockers, those Japanese glam rockers, they've sold more than 30 million records in like 30 years and no one really cared. I don't know. I think that, were they webcast? I guess they were webcast. They had holograms. They had I know holograms. That, yeah, really? of their uh, deceased band members. Oh, which oh, is, oh my goodness, that's, that's kind of strange. That's, that's, Guys, what do you think of holograms? Like quickly. I think holograms are dumb. I like the idea of a hologram, but I don't need to see a concert what, of a hologram. You like holograms? No, no, I hate holograms. Oh. I have no idea what world I'm in when I see the headline it's that says gross. that I'm going to. Physically, my body is standing, breathing what? at a concert, and then there's this random hologram where I could just be at home. So there's only one purpose for a hologram, right? It's so okay. like the estate can make money off of a dead <laughs> yes. musician, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. just gross. And I don't know, you, like the print. Remember when the the there was that whole rumor that there was going to be a Prince hologram during the Super Bowl, yes. and everyone freaked out. Oh my god! And that you I'm could so even angry. find a quote <laughs> with Prince talking about how stupid he thought holograms, holograms. were. <laughs> I I just. Uh, yeah, that's a trend that 
I think. It seemed like that trend was going away after a couple I've, years. I but think now, so people were like, woo, we discovered holograms. And then they did so many holograms in one year and then they went away and now holograms are back. And I really don't know what I feel about holograms. What do you feel about? How do you I, feel about You them? know, people are going to keep pushing them until they but either... But why? Is it because we feel they feel like they're in the future? So I, I remember the story coming out. I, I cannot remember his name. The Chicago rapper who was housebound and also Chief in Keith. L.A. Chief, Chief Keith. <laughs> they were setting up, like, theoretically, his management was setting up a chain of holograms. Because anyone wants to see Chief Keith that a, much. A chain, a Didn't chain he of, do it one time at like, yeah. some show in Indiana or yeah. something they like were, that? They were going to set up a chain of hologram theaters so that he could perform everywhere. Which, <laughs> I mean, they're probably is going to be a day where somebody figures out a way to make that idea a little bit I feel work. like that's just like a thing you go see in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, so exactly, that's exactly right. I'm sure somebody can set up a hologram theater in Las Vegas where they can say, oh, tonight only, Johnny Cash and Elvis and Prince, and it'll, like, it'll be real fun because they'll Made set up dumb. crazy light shows and, and all kinds of stuff. But as a thing for a festival or a tour or... Uh, something that's a legitimate art form that remains to be seen. Yeah, it's just too much. I just feel like we are so locked into this digital world. Why create? Like, I get it. The spectacles is great. Like, the Tupac one, that looked awesome. He was, like, walking over people's heads. Like, that's super cool. But I just think that it's not something that we should be focusing on. The The fact that we get to see, you know, hear and smell definitely not taste i hope stars stars you know on stage is just a phenomenal blessing so yeah let's get rid of holograms that's the consensus at least Um, until like the atmosphere makes it so that we can't that we can't exactly in this dystopic (laughs) absolutely that we can't actually be breathing the air um but then let's talk also about surprise guests. Yep. Who were your favorites that, I mean, I feel like Kendrick was pretty much with everybody, which is, a, again, the, we couldn't have asked for something better. No. Um, uh, Cardi B brought out every person she's ever met. <laughs> <laughs> except, except, has she met Shania? I don't know. She oh, was no, she, oh, Timothy Chalamet. They were. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Well, I mean, Jay-Z and Destiny's Child. I kind of expected mm. both, but like, and was like totally expecting Jay-Z, but mm. I've been disappointed by expecting Kelly and Michelle to show up places before. And then I know, and then it didn't happen. Yeah. So I was really glad for that. Although uh, Latoya and Latavia, I don't even think got invited, but that's typical Destiny's oh. Child drama, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, Diplo just, uh, mm. does he just show up places? Like, he's just everywhere. I feel like that's become his career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just showing up places. In a studio sometimes, at a festival <laughs> stage sometimes. There he is. He's right there. Right <laughs> Two of my absolute favorite people were surprise guests, Carly Rae Jepsen and Chance the Rapper. Uh-huh. Well, who, who did Carly, Carly She came out for Bleachers and, and Chance came out for Cardi B. If you could find a way to put those two together, actually, now that I'm saying out loud that they're two of my favorite people, oh. that would be something. That oh would definitely God. be something. Didn't Carly Rae play two years ago at Pitchfork? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was great. amazing. Speaking of crying. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I didn't. No, no, I don't mean that. I don't oh, mean no. that. As Snoop Dogg showed up on stage for Jamiroquai, but was he with Eminem too? I think, did he? I don't know. You know, I don't remember reading that. I know Dr. Dre. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? Like, 
Yeah. You would think that the two and of I believe, them... And I believe Eminem also did Snoop's verses on... On Dre's songs? Dre's song, mm. which is weird. And Snoop Dogg lives like an hour away. He could just like... <laughs> yeah. Hang out. Just hang out. Um, so our writer that was on the ground, John Flynn, he said that X-Japan brought uh, these kind of... He, he also spoke about the holograms, and he caught the final two songs of their set after seeing most of Beyonce. Thank you, John, that, that's for a doing bold, a service. That's a bold choice. I mean, one rider. To, to head out part of Beyonce, no matter how small the part. <laughs> it's in true. Order to... I can't, I, I'm actually grateful I wasn't there because I would never have been able to leave or see actually anyone else so that I could stake out my place super early, which I have done many times, selfishly. <laughs> and then... Did, did John say how many people were at X-Japan considering it was up against Beyonce? He said that... Because I can't imagine it was many. So he said there was so they, maybe... They can... he's, oh, wait, here. He says, maybe a few hundred people. I'm reading the email that he sent me. It was probably really late last night when he was still finishing up covering the festival. But yeah, he's with two asterisks on either side. Maybe a few hundred people. But I mean, could I, I'm not surprised. No, absolutely not. No. And that's one of those uh, uh, conflicts... Where you wonder if the band themselves or the act themselves and they're like, oh man, should I could go see Beyonce? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure they were just the whole time trying to get the trying just to get the. Up. They <laughs> yeah. should have just had a hologram of Beyonce so that <laughs> yeah. they could know what she was up to on the other stage. Just behind them, not distracting. Um, and then he mentioned Detroit Love, which is a trio of Detroit techno legends. Carl Craig, Moody Man, and Kyle Hall. And then obviously, shout out to David Byrne. And I promise you, this is not my doing. Although we all know that I love David Byrne. Just bring him up on every episode. <laughs> I, re- I mean, Jill, I have to tell you, this podcast, the name, this must be the gig. Is oh, I get it. Oh, you, you, I got it right away. I mean, I love you, Jill. I love you, Jill. It's a little subtle. <laughs> Jill, Jill gets me. She gets me. I, I, I thought uh, David Byrne, I mean... Thank God for this Couchella because I didn't get tickets. For when he's oh, you did it? No, I forgot. I was in the bathroom oh. at like 10 a.m. or whatever, and I got out at like 10:06, and it was like, oh. But that's how that's how it happens here. It's literally that it goes within minutes. It's not just it's not just the fact that it's this legend. I feel like, especially in Chicago, concert goes are really, really they 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 go to shows. Things sell out. Things sell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so and I work you, for a radio station, and people always assume that these tickets just fall just from fall. the sky. I'm like, listen, I spend my, Both I work very own. hard to spend money on <laughs> stuff I don't need. I don't have children, so I can spend money on things I don't need. <laughs> so basically, this is a call out that if anyone has a spare David Byrne ticket, two, two, <laughs> oh, she she wants two for Chicago next month. Just um, Jill Hopkins would like one. Thank you very saying, much. Thank you. Very just much. He's wonderful, and he always. Put so much thought into uh, his stage shows, um, and uh, I think a woman I know is playing violin for him, uh, Simmy Stone. And you still don't have tickets. I still don't have tickets because I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to be that person. Don't be that person. No, no, no. You, you're but too cool to yeah, be that person. No, but he's he's got such a great roster of musicians that are just at his beck and call at this point. So David Byrne kind of has to bring it every mm. time like people have really this is what he gets for stop making sense we all have really <laughs> high expectations now and he can't exactly. slack he can't i was slack a little surprised that no that 
St. Vincent didn't show up for it. It would make sense that she would show up, but uh, no dice. Maybe she just wanted to give him his his space. Yeah, that makes sense. Were they on the same day? Was she on I don't she know the tour, answer to that. Maybe and she had another show or something. But that is actually a good point. That, a good that point. would have been amazing. I don't I think everybody would have just melted. I'm not sure if people could handle that. I would have died. After so I would have died. So it's now time for Fly on the Wall, my very clever name for this segment. Uh, where we get into the green room and highlight big picture music industry topics and trends from Coachella and more. This week we're not going to be doing more because Coachella was enough more. <laughs> That's a word, right? It is now. So let's talk quickly about live stream. Now that live stream is so unbelievably clear, I could, I can't. Every single festival that goes on, I can't believe the production and how good the quality is. How? Do we go to festivals now that live stream is such a big deal? Well, I've said since maybe 2009 that I wouldn't go back to Lollapalooza unless they booked Tom Waits or, <laughs> or a reunited Talking Heads, which will neither of those things will ever happen. But uh, I didn't have to like feel bad in recent years when there was still somebody that was like, oh, that, that one person would be enough. Now I just hook up the live stream and it's good to go. Mm. Like I, I still think there are those sort of important moments that I would be convinced to go for but uh you know if it's somewhere out of the city in which I live it would take a whole hell of a lot more to convince me to head there than it would have 10 years ago before live streaming yeah like you said the quality is so good now before it it used to be so grainy but I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know if the kids still say FOMO but I think (laughs) as long as FOMO still exists people will still go to these things especially like super young people I was talking about this with somebody else high school kids this is how they spend their summer vacations mm. now if you don't That's have, how we did yeah. i know yeah if you don't have the hashtag selfie or the t-shirt of the festival did mm. you even leave your house this summer <laughs> um i and, and you know once once again like you said these there's there's going to be moments like i need to be in the front row for shaka khan at pitchfork mm. like mm. that is something that as a black woman of a certain age uh, is just an, just something that has to happen or they'll kick me out of the club. <laughs> I, I, um, I think, honestly, that that's going to be the thing that keeps people going out to these things. It's just like the need to, uh, to be there, mm. to hashtag, to take pictures, to, mm. to prove that they are, I don't want to say cool, but are like in the know. Mm. Mm. And, and part of the action, absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think it's going to cause people not to go, but I certainly feel that people won't feel as bad for yeah. not going. And it kind of gives people the opportunity because, again, we we're mentioning the price of these tickets. It gives people everywhere the opportunity on, in, on any continent to watch this and be part of it. And I think that that's, inclusion is an important thing mm-hmm. in general and having that and giving that to people, I think, is, is is unbelievable. And the sound and the quality, and we'll get to the Beyonce performance. But I don't know how. I mean, the the Super Bowl halftime show, that's what, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. And the sound and quality was 100 times better than that. Yeah. Like, the production was better, everything. That live stream was flawless. Um, Snaps to the technical staff. I don't. Yeah, technical staff. Nobody ever thanks them. They there don't. must have been thousands. I mean. Really? Yeah. Out, um, out in like a really kind of unforgiving, 
windy, <laughs> hot uh, landscape, they're doing the Lord's work. I mean, just to be able to say that they were part of history, I can imagine it was all worth it. So, okay, so let's get to the second last segment, standing ovation, which is us holding our phones up to spotlight the best performance of the week. And I don't think anyone is surprised that we are going to be talking about Beyonce. 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 Queen <laughs> Can you hear me? She's amazing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with her. And it is the most thrilling and beautiful thing to watch. I can't. There's nothing. I'm, I'm not saying as in she's perfect. It's the No, tr- I'm saying that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel like that, I don't even know where to start. How do you unpack it? I think the best thing I will tell the listeners, when Jill walked in, I asked her what she thought, just general feelings, and she was like, I haven't really processed it, actually. I haven't had time to, like, really feel it, because mm-hmm. I have, you know, other stuff going on. But, like, I, you know, I watched this, and it was the same kind of feeling that her, um, remember when she was in the Super Bowl, and it was like, um, the one song from Lemonade had come out, but the album hadn't come out yet, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so we didn't. We were like, "Oh, Beyonce! This is like <laughs> this is like a new socially conscious uh, Beyonce." And then mm-hmm. she played the Super Bowl, and we're like, "Oh shit! <laughs> Beyonce is black as fuck!" <laughs> and she's been doing that this whole time, and now she doesn't have to. You know, she doesn't have to dial it back because people are used to it. And she's... Oh, no. If anything, she's, she's dialed she's it dialed up. She's dialed all the way up. Out. Yeah. All absolutely. the way up. I can honestly say that, like, I have never felt so, like, represented in, like, a mainstream way as as this. Maybe, like, in Rhythm Nation times. I yeah. Was, I felt so good. But, like, I didn't even go to real college. And I'm over here like, yes, HBC is <laughs> yeah. I'm going to join a step team. She was, she just brought, but she opened Stepping with, in the grocery store. Oh, I do that. I do do that. She, oh, she sang Lift Every Voice and Sing. And somebody tweeted yesterday, gosh, I wish I could find this tweet. They're just like, I'm find just it. worried there's going to be a lot of like Taylor Swift covers of it. Like uh, sad ukulele yeah. covers of Lift Every Voice and Sing. Oh. I mean, just the fact that like the colors were, you know, I know the yellow, black and yellow, that's the colors of a bee, the the bay hive, the beehive, you know, and just having that represented. But the truth is that the color yellow, it's it means so much to be to put onto a woman like that and have a, a group of dancers. So many dancers. So many dancers who were of all sizes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw every single shape jiggling about and I was just loving it. Yeah. There wasn't that thin, sticky, you know, we don't want to see that anymore. It, it, it isn't representative of what we are. And that was just, let's talk about the stage. So Bleachers. Uh, the, bleachers. <laughs> just bleachers. Um, I have seen hundreds of shows in my life and... I'm still trying to figure out how that team pulled that off. Like, that was a one-time performance on a festival stage with one hour to complete load-in. Like, yeah. can you can you even imagine? So that was sound, choreography, camera, live editing, everything. 
at least a, hundred, a thousand people worked on that show because the production, filming, streaming, I still have no idea how they pulled it off. Like, I don't, how, like, not even TV, not even the Oscars is that good. And well, the Oscars is the worst, but not even those big productions are, are as good. Yeah, this was a, from a technical and logistic standpoint, before you even get into the artistry of it, exactly. Was so impressive. My husband does this kind of work for a living. Oh, he does? And he was just, he's constantly amazed by the level of work that these people are able to put out in such a short amount of time. I mean, obviously they rehearse and they rehearse and they rehearse. Yeah, and apparently they do she and they was do rehearsing for like 11 hours a day, which to be honest, I That's mean, it just many. shows. Corner in rehearsal one. But the, the truth is, thank, thankfully, we know that because look at her. She doesn't take anything for granted. She's the epitome of humility. And of course, she's going to rehearse yeah. because they want it perfect yeah, for themselves. so tight. So tight. Um, that's that just that camera i mean i don't know what your husband said about just that camera the cinematography in terms of bringing you know her like showing how her she was standing there and she turned around with the cape and then it rolled back but nothing went wrong from a viewer's standpoint and i don't know about you but i couldn't even go to the bathroom oh no it was mesmerized Uh, there was nothing else i couldn't even scroll mindlessly through Instagram or make notes even for this chat today. I couldn't, there was nothing I could do. And I think that there is not an artist on this planet that has that kind of effect on, on people. No, honestly, no. And even just like, God, I hate, even the haters, (laughs) I hate myself right now. (laughs) Oh, you hate yourself for saying the haters. Uh, Even the haters are like, who has more haters than Beyonce? That's how you know she's a bad bitch. She's, she's doing it all right. She's doing it right. Ain't Adele was bit. watching the whole thing, like standing up in front of her television, <laughs> yeah. just like paying rapt attention to the whole thing. <laughs> I feel like, like oh yeah, we were all Adele in that moment. Hundred percent, we were all Adele. Adele had a trombone. She's just like, <laughs> yeah. or a trumpet that she's just like dancing with in her living room. <laughs> and that, I mean, the horn sack, the. Horn the and horns. the drumline and the lady violinist, which they don't like to be called. Yeah. They're just violinists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just an actress. <laughs> um, no, but you're right. There was so much there that I feel quite excited that we do, we haven't processed it yet. Like there's, Solange! There's, there's a <laughs> Solange. And also you mentioned earlier having the whole of Destiny's Child there. Yes. And bringing them in so kind of Jay-Z almost felt like an afterthought, which sounds terrible. Which is fine. Which is fine. (laughs) Which is fine. I mean, we don't mind. I love the part. I mean, okay, so let's talk about the standout parts of it because it was a production. It was a world in Mm -hmm. itself. The moment where they were kind of making fun of the other kind of frat boys in commas, and they were saying, she was saying... The suck on my balls, bitch. I'm so excited to say that on this podcast. Suck on my balls, bitch. Thank you. It sounds so nice with your accent. (laughs) Just the word balls. Suck on my balls, bitch. Doesn't have the same, like, classy sound as it does when you say it. But I wish I could say it like you. Because I'm like, just get down and dirty balls. You know? Balls. I'm glad I'm still recording. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, that's who we are. I, anyway, the, let's say it again for the people in the back. 
suck on my balls, bitch. Um, she, that moment was, I think, overlooked a lot over the weekend. But how high did she kick her leg? How did she get her leg so high and squat in heels and perform, and perform for two hours? Singing live. Singing live. I mean, and I dancing her ass off the whole time. And never did the voice oh yeah. waver. Nothing never. wavered and none of the dance moves were short. She wasn't faking or, or being lazy. She was, there was... Yeah. <laughs> I think they showed her taking one sip of water for about. Oh, five and then seconds. she wiped her face with a white towel, and none of her makeup came off. Oh She's God. not real. She's not. She She's might a, be a hologram. She. Be- <laughs> okay, well then I'm all for holograms for the future, <laughs> every day, every time. Um, I feel like there are going to be some really uh, amazing and successful thesis papers written about this performance in the future. Just so much like coded meaning and so many amazing like. It's a primer yeah. for exactly how to celebrate life, celebrate artistry, and as I said earlier, a history lesson for everyone. She had Nina Simone on the same day that Nina Simone uh, got into the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She got Nina Simone. She she sang Fela uh, Kuti. You know, paid homage to Fela Kuti. He's one of the greatest Nigerian artists of all mm-hmm. time, and she Play, did played it. a snippet of a song that that the release of that song in Nigeria led to his mother being killed and his his home being torn apart. And it, like, and she did it respectfully. There was nothing. There was no. Uh, there, it was just. It was a celebration, but also a critique of the same sort of bullshit going on in America. It's it's it was incredible. There was. Something so beautiful about watching an artist perform her songs that we all know. I mean, that's like songs from her entire discography in such a unique, new way. All these other artists were probably looking at her like, oh, fuck, you've made this really hard for us now. I mean, you can't just get... I think that's the, the point of this. You can't just get up there anymore and sing your songs that you've recorded in the recording studio. You have to change it up. You have to reimagine it for a live audience, and that's exactly what she—that's exactly what she did. And the bitch has to do it again next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so do you think? So this is a good question, actually. Do you think she's going to be doing the same performance, or do you think she's she's created an entirely other two-hour performance? Well, speaking of Roxanne Gay, she tweeted today, this yeah. morning, she's like, just FYI, Beyonce will be wearing all different looks next weekend. Do you know that her nail color changed? Her nail color changed! <laughs> her nail color changed. So in between, okay, I don't, I didn't time it, and I should have done it for dramatic effect, but in between her costume changes, she went from black nail polish to white, glistening, unicorn color nail polish, and uh, it was flawless. I mean, I can't even paint my nails, w- you know, normally when I'm <laughs> had coffee and can sit down. There's, there's absolutely no. Oh, it's magic. Yeah. Though maybe those That's weren't right. her hands. <laughs> <laughs> the main reason she didn't perform last year is because her doctor told her not to. She mm. was pregnant with twins, but mm. she also didn't want to deliver a subpar performance. She didn't want to just, you know. MTV unplugged it and sit in a stool and sing songs. People would have been fine <laughs> with it that probably. Would have been it would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> but she's she's a dancer. She's she is an entertainer and this I think is what makes her the happiest to do. So her 
taking full advantage of that stage, I think was as much for her own sense of accomplishment as it was for the fans who would sit out there all Absolutely. afternoon. Absolutely. Just as... M- oh. Yep. You can come in. We're talking hey! about Beyonce. Quickly, get your word in. <laughs> so we were saying how it was a masterclass in how to be a veteran performer, really. You know, she feels... It felt completely fresh and she made like even check on it, which I mean, come on. She made that feel new, like it was written this year in 2018. And she made it feel like it was almost part of Lemonade as well. (laughs) It felt like that whole essence of that song even felt like it came from that same era. And uh, nostalgia really has never felt kind of so good. Alex, what Mm -hmm. do you feel about Beyonce? Yes. I thought she was incredible, obviously. Yes. Um, I, I think there are a lot of, I mean, I, I'm sorry I missed it, the a convo, but I think there are a, some cool takeaways uh, beyond the fact that she had like, literally like a marching band on risers mm. on a stage, which is like something you've never seen before. We were, we were gushing about bleachers. 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 Bleachers with lights underneath them. Yeah. I, I actually was thinking while I was watching that how they set up those bleachers and so like short of a time she must have had some sort of can you imagine who whoever was manning that front can you imagine their conversations and negotiations with coachella yeah to get more than anyone obviously i mean like asking for more than weekend and eminem is not a lot but to get more than anyone the the things that she must have asked for just well, to set that up and that was what an, an hour yeah yeah well i heim played before her so but they had to get all the Haim stuff off. Well, the I, I think Haim was like Haim more than stuff. more than <laughs> down to like play on a tiny stage. That's true. Um, I also thought it was incredible, and a a credit to Beyonce as a, a athlete to an extent that she can like dance and sing um, for like fifteen minutes straight, and not even break a sweat, mm. which is just crazy. I, I mean, I just don't even know how you do that, like. Human, you you, you are you not have a to human. just be so well trained, and she's like what nine nine months removed from having twins. I mean, it's incredible. Um, yeah, I I think it's the whole. It's kind of I I don't think it's cliche to say that like there's certain artists that you recognize in real time that like they're special, and you're going to be telling your kids and grandkids mm-hmm. about that you were alive then, uh, like the our grandparents with the Beatles and and Michael Jackson and. And I think that applies to Beyonce and, and to a, a, the same extent Kendrick. Um, mm, absolutely. And it's just, it's cool to like bask in, in, in watching greatness in real time. Kind of like in sports when you're seeing LeBron or Michael Jordan. Um, it just, it's, it's crazy. And like, I was like, I'm not going to, I'll watch this in the next morning. And then I was like, I'll just check out to see what it's like <laughs> in the beginning. And then next thing you, you know, it's like. In. It's like three in the morning and you're like, well, that was still, it was still worth it. It was amazing. So but the best part is that it was like LeBron or Michael Jordan, but also like, I don't know, Shakespeare or, or, yeah. or like there was just Absolutely. so, so much crazy. meaning yeah. packed into every single choice. Mm-hmm. There was no choice made on that stage that was not intentional yeah. and had an, like a deep protesting meaning that was Absolutely. Just and then the criticism Beyonce haters say a lot is, well, she has like a, a, army of songwriters who write her music for her but like all you need to do is look at that set and how it was arranged and the messages like adam said in in each song um i mean she's obviously like her own artist and she's not no one's like 
ghost. I mean, like she knows what she's doing, and everything is thought out to a T, and it's just it's incredible. which is how I think it's meant to be. It's not. I feel like she's not the one tweeting selfies all the time or, you know, like Snapchatting nonstop. Like, I feel like there's this level between us still of us and her. And I think that we haven't had a lot of the artists that we have on platforms, you know, and, and are quite f- you know, far removed. It's that that wall breaks down because of social media and everything. And I love the fact that we don't know everything about her. And she still has that mystery and we still have no idea how she changed her nail polish between yeah. the <laughs> her costume changes. But the meaning, like the the depth of meaning in the the bleachers forming into a pyramid, her wearing an Egyptian inspired, you know, mm-hmm. uh, regal costume to enter, mm-hmm. the crest on her shirt having you know Black Power and Black Panther symbols, and also her own iconography, like the just no literally no choice was was unintentional Mm -hmm. there was no accident everything was perfect and it was that's just for coachella right she's touring the summer with jay-z and i'm sure she'll have a completely different production that's even equally Mm. incredible and it's what it's what i think performance that's the quintessential uh epitome of what performance should be it's thought of from every single angle and it's not just this person standing up and kind of looking a bit like, you know, lazy, like, oh, well, I'm going to sing these songs for you. I'm like, really nervous. She really takes on her role and she provides. And it's, I feel very grateful. And I'm sure she everybody does. A goddess. She, <laughs> but I mean, to talk about like quickly... Jill, to speak about having a black woman up there and feeling represented as well she as a woman has everything that she stands for i love the fact that we can say like it's about time but what does this mean really going forward like how do do you i mean obviously the stigma and the you know things that are going to happen it's still there we can't change the way that the world is Mm -hmm. but i do feel like while whilst saying that this is history we have to think of what actually is going to happen from now yeah I love um, the fact that she has that layer of pop star where she's still a dancer and she's still singing love songs and bouncing around on stage like she does. She's got that layer of of social-minded activism that she has. Mm. Uh, She's got that layer of a family woman. She's a wife and she's a mother and she writes songs about that and she lets you know about that. Mm. And I love that she is showing that you can be all of those things at 100% at the same time. You don't have to choose between one or the other. And Mm. at the end of the day, that's kind of the quintessential woman conundrum, right? Like, how Mm. do we get to have it all? How (laughs) do we get to do all of the things that that are expected of us and do them as well as, as... can be done Mm. and she's just showing that yeah you know i am these things that like you know she's i'm flawless i woke up like this but like also (laughs) i'm having trouble with my husband my kids are getting on my last nerve my dad was kind of a dick like she's she's all of these things all at the same time and to be able to see that as like a goal like none of us are going to be beyonce i mean we can try but we We, can't we're not but we know (laughs) now that the biggest star in the entire world 
is dealing with all the stuff that we are dealing with too and pulling it off masterfully. So why can't we try? We have this mm. motivation now. We have someone that looks like us mm. that is is living not just her best life, maybe the best life. And it's it's really amazing. I I wonder if this is what people I wonder if this is what like dudes feel like when they go to like a Springsteen concert. <laughs> <laughs> He's everything too. He's a master showman. So he's true. a dad and a husband and a I don't know factory worker. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the yeah middle class, blue collar. That it's it's so true. I I think, but I I would love to know. I'm so excited. Not I would love to know. I'm so excited to see what happens to other black female artists watching this uh, unfold and to feel not only uh, inspired. But to feel kind of comfy, like this is it. We are here. There's no. This is. There's no time to be quiet now. This I think we're. I think we're watching that happen yeah. with Cardi B right now. Honestly, exactly. not to put that. They're not on the same level, obviously. But She's Cardi B's great. got like this fearlessness mm. that can only come in a post Beyonce society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly do believe that. That like she's given entertainers and black women performers almost not permission but like you know the 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 kind of feeling of being held back by the record industry or by mm. patriarchy or uh racism misogyny. or misogyny yeah. any of that stuff yeah we uh, we have to live within this system beyonce showing us how to navigate it the best way mm. and still just like slay these fools yeah <laughs> it's amazing i know it's really powerful and i'm i'm so uh, grateful that we can even like sit around and chat about it as though it's not the biggest thing that's happened and it really is i think that it the the hype is real like i think that people are going to be speaking about this for a very long time and as at, you adam said earlier there's going to be just papers probably written not only on the historical references not only on the musical orchestration but also just the sheer production um and how everyone from now on really has to look to her uh for guidance and the next step you know she's she's now the viewpoint of what we all need to yeah to expect there's definitely definitive festival performances prince at coachella uh, Jay-Z at Glastonbury when he was the first mm-hmm. rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Beyonce is definitely this is, obviously yeah. in that this category now. Now it's time for our final segment, the always important and momentous gig busters. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jill. <laughs> I promise I'm not paying you to be <laughs> my friend. Um, I'm going to ask you a hypothetical question about a real-life dilemma that you might face at a festival, and you'll have to give me your definitive answer. So if you've been waiting all day at the front of the stage for your favorite band... And someone next to you, Alex is sighing. Someone no, I'm next just, to you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited someone, to see where this goes. Someone, no, you shouldn't be. Um, but thank you. Someone next to you has thrown up all over your shoes. Right, but you've been here. So say you are the ultimate 
Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan is mm. going to be playing mm-hmm. and you've been standing mm-hmm. there for eight fucking hours. Your friends have been getting you water. You've been peeing in a bottle. <laughs> I mean, I'm just talking about personal experience. I did do that for 11 hours to wait for Radiohead. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're oh, finding yeah. out so much about Leo today. <laughs> oh, God, are you? Um, would you, A, leave to lean leave knowing that you've given up your spot and you've also wasted eight or ten hours waiting for your this is your ultimate ultimate artist i feel like that's not really that much of a scenario wait (laughs) wait alex would you leave okay wait this person's thrown up on your shoes Uh and they've not only been eating like granola bars all day they've been eating everything from all parts of the world so they've thrown up on your beautiful shoes (laughs) <laughs> it's a music festival held at Epcot at Epcot Center <laughs> one band from every nation <laughs> exactly okay would you leave or would you stick it out and dance that throw up off or yeah would you say I don't, I don't know what I would do I would how, and this is not a personal scenario that I'm <laughs> how remorseful is the person that just threw up not, not at all Okay. They don't even know. They are so blackout. They don't even know they've thrown up on your shoe. They have walked away and left a stench and a trail behind them. Like bad You're in the front row. You're in the front row. Here's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm waving over one of the security staff. Okay. I'm saying, hey, I got puke on my shoes. <laughs> Hook me up with one of those water <laughs> bottles so they, I can rinse the puke off my shoes. And after they're done laughing at me... I would hope that they would hand me a water bottle. <laughs> and also, am I wearing open-toed shoes or closed-toed shoes? You know, this is, your, this is your life. I'm just living in it. This is your dream scenario. No, that's an important question, though. That's a great question. Let's let's go for open-toed shoes. because it's oh, what, sli- is, what is worse, though? Because if it's open, the then at the very least, like you, washing it off is easier. It's if easier, it's, if yeah. It's, if it's a closed toe, if it seeps in there, what, what are you going to do? I just got wet feet the whole rest of the night. But, I mean, no, I think I would try to, like do as good a job as I could of cleaning myself off. I'm not leaving. I'm not should, abandoning okay, the mission okay, at this point. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we know you'll stay. I'm staying. I've had worse. <laughs> on <my feet. laughs> what else have you had on your feet? It's a Pearl Jam concert years ago. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> at, at Epcot. Okay. And Alex, what would you do? Uh, I, would, I would stay. Uh, I, I've actually had similar scenarios before. So, so once while at South by Southwest, uh, I went, I was, Foo Fighters were playing a, like, show at Stubbs, and I was in line, or waiting to go into the venue, and I went to get a hot dog, and I caught, uh, my jacket caught, like, you know those, like, giant mustard things? So, like, (laughs) like, my jacket caught it, and it spilled all over my pants and shoes. And I still went and saw Foo Fighters, and it was a great concert. So now to few fighters, you know what a fan has done for you. I wouldn't do that now. That's it. <laughs> That's my very hypothetical question. 
Um, I've had a lovely time with you all. Our own little pod chiller. Yeah, good joke, good joke. Thank you. Good joke. I love puns. I want to say a big thank you to my guests and obviously share where people can digitally find you, not in real lives. I will not share your locations. Uh, <laughs> Alex can be found uh, every gosh darn second on Consequence of Sound and at Alex Young on Twitter where he's always talking about the New York Mets. I am. And also uh, how much I hate Sean Hannity. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay. This is amazing. <laughs> this day is amazing for news. So, very excited for Sean Hannity today. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> yeah. And you can also hear the lovely and talented Jill every weekday morning on the Morning Amp from 8 to 10 a.m. Central, 91.1 FM in Chicago, or streaming on Vocalo.org. She can also be found at Jill Hopkins on Twitter or sitting next to you at the David Byrne concert because oh, you've given her a ticket. That would be so great. Just, you know, you got to speak things into existence. Exactly. Manifest them. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for listening and joining us. I also want to say thanks to Billy Yost and The Kickback for sharing their song Rube for our theme song. Buy all of their music at thekickbackband.com. Another big thank you to Daniel Breiter and Dean Berger, my friends from South Africa, for their amazing soundscapes that you hear in this podcast. And one final thank you to Mike and Cap and Alex and the team at Consequence Podcast Network, where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows. Um, Last but surely not least, please head over to Apple Podcasts and click on those five stars and share some kind words, like and chat with us on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter at TMBTGPod. 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 It rolls off the tongue, so just type it out. <laughs> TMBTGPod. And just generally talk to everyone you know about the show. Thank you and thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you already. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.